On this episode, I have an interview with trucker J.R. Roloff, who actually joins me on a cell phone from an honest-to-God truck stop somewhere in Middle America, I believe. So uh, I guess we'll start with uh, where you're at. I am calling from the Love's Truck Stop in, uh, let's see, I'm at mile 332 on I-80 in Nebraska. Let me open my trusty Rand McNally Trucker Atlas, and I can tell you that the town is uh, Giltner, Nebraska. No, I'm sorry, I tell a lie. I tell a lie. Aurora, Nebraska. Cool. So, like, you're just in this little truck stop, and uh, you're just on your way somewhere. Have you been on the road all day today? So, um, I started this morning just outside of Des Moines. Uh, I have driven for something like four and a half hours uh, at this point, um, and I will shut down today in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Wow. So, that's like small town to small town basically so you get to see a lot of the sort of uh parts of the uh the u.s that the average person probably does not see yeah that's that's definitely the uh the upside to the job is the view out the office window can be absolutely spectacular we're talking about the giant like what people would think of as the 18 wheeler truck my tractor has uh 10 wheels four pairs of drive wheels and then two steers. And then I pull a 48 foot flatbed trailer, uh, that has another eight wheels on the back end for a grand total of 18. In the cab, I guess that's the front part of the truck. You have a little bed there you sleep in, right? Oh yeah. This is a, this is a $2,000 a month studio apartment in Manhattan. I have what's known as a condo cab in that, uh, it's, it's got, it's the taller version. Um, so I'm actually standing up inside the cab right now, and I still have another foot and a half of headroom. I'm six foot three. So um, I have an upper bunk, a lower bunk. The upper bunk gets used for storage. The lower bunk gets used for sleeping. Behind the driver's seat, I have a small closet uh, and then a small cubby underneath that. On the passenger side, I have two drawers, a desk that swings um it swings closer to the side of the cab for storage. It's got a shelf on top of that. Directly above that, I have um, a cubby that's about the size of a microwave oven, um, a small drawer above that. And then directly above each of the seats is another storage bin. One gets a, uh, a hard hat, and the other one gets all my uh, all my paperwork, my permit books and such. But I take it... That the truck stop is where you do all your, you know, grooming and showering mm-hmm. and stuff. How's that work? They have public showers there, or or do you do you pay to have your own? What I've been told by a lot of older gentlemen uh, who've been in the industry for a long time is that the quality of truck stops has drastically improved in the past ten years, um, and now uh, the general policy between truck stops is um oh 50 gallons of fuel and you get a free shower and uh since i take on i would say 100 gallons every other day on average um i get you know i can shower every day um they have uh, a 
varying number of individual shower rooms, the truck stops will generally hold, call it 100 trucks on average. So um, between all of it, I managed to uh, I managed to keep myself clean and healthy. It's kind of like a, I guess, a hotel, except your room is your truck. You know, that's not a bad way of putting it. Um, hostel might be a better better way to frame it. Um, yeah, and uh, what a lot of people are, are surprised to learn is the, the infrastructure involved. Because, believe it or not, truck driver is the most common job in 49 of our 50 states. Uh, and uh, the exception is Hawaii, because... Uh, Nowhere to go. You really can't. You really can't drive a truck to Hawaii. When you're stopped there at the at the truck stop, do you guys? I guess more than just guys. I guess people have this idea that that um, it's only men, but there are there are women truck drivers too. I'm sure. I mean, do you guys get together and have like potlucks, or do you just hang out at the truck stop? Do you guys meet, watch movies? Like, is there any of that kind of thing going on? You know, there might be, uh, but the job tends to attract loaders. You know, you'll, you'll see conversations strike up around the, the diner counter, you know, and some guys, you know, they'll, they'll run into each other um, over and over again, especially people who are on a dedicated route. But, uh, you know, there's, there's remarkably little socializing. Uh, strikes me as simultaneously odd and understandable. Uh, given given the personality that gravitates towards the job. Yeah, and uh, actually I saw, I guess, a preview to a movie, and it's called, uh, I think it's called Lot Lizard, and uh, it talks <laughs> about some of the downsides of uh, social life, if you want to put it that way. Growing up, I never, I always looked down on the girls I seen walking with their ass out. <laughs> well, you know, walking with... You know what I'm saying? These little clothes on and whatnot. I'm like, ugh. You know, she's a hoe. And But I ain't never think I would do something like that. I was like, I can't sell my body for money. Ain't that much money in the world. No, oh, shoot. Once you do it, you know, and you see how easy it is to make, like, I don't mean to talk like this, but to make somebody come in, like, two minutes for 60, 80, 100 bucks. It's, you know, it grows on you. And it grows fast. It's almost like an addiction. I'm sure you know what a lot lizard is. Maybe I'll let you define what that is. A lot lizard, um, they're actually, uh, they are uh, members of the oldest profession, and they are considered to be one step below a tire biter. Uh, they're a ways down the ladder from the uh, Las Vegas escort to hear about. Just over the five years that I've been driving, um, died out markedly, and I would say that uh, that's due to Craigslist and, uh, quite frankly, more aggressive policing. There's also an organization called Truckers Against Trafficking, and uh, pretty much everybody's on board with that. You know, there have been times that I've been approached by um, ladies of negotiable affection. Since I'm not a client, since I can obtain what they are offering uh, for <laughs> for free, um, I, I, you know, I'll, there's an organization called Truckers Against Trafficking, and I've given them that number, asked if they needed help. It's not nearly as prevalent as perhaps it used to be. Now, what I will say is that if there is a truck stop that's next to a motel, and you sit and watch guys going in and out of one particular room, that's kind of a red flag. <laughs> 
I can, I can only imagine. So, and you mentioned a tire biter as well. What do you? What is that? <laughs> that is maybe uh, not so not so uh, common slang for the um, your your everyday uh, streetwalker. Hmm. I see. So, so like that would be, you know, more generic, whereas a, a lot lizard is more specific to dealing with the lots themselves. I don't know if this is true or not. My parents, as we were driving up and down mountains, uh, they would point out these, um, they were like uh, little roads that forked off from mm-hmm. the main road. And I, they would say... Yeah, well, they would basically say that those are places where the trucks would go if they need to basically get off the road, like stop. Yeah, um, what those are is those are escape ramps, and if you look closely at them, they're nearly all angled upward. Um, they are a, uh, a bed of pea gravel about two and a half feet deep, and they're just designed to stop an, an out-of-control truck. I have never gone into one. I've talked to a couple guys who have. And they say that it's not it's not a soft landing, and it tears the truck up pretty good. Usually, you lose your fuel tanks and uh, bend up the front suspension, but you live, and that that's the important thing. If you're going along there, you're you're probably shooting that gravel all over the place pretty hard. Yeah, um, the the last guy I talked to had been into one. He uh, for some reason his uh, his air brake system failed completely. I think he said that the release valves had just iced open. Um, it was very cold. It was icy. And he started going downhill, and uh, the load overpowered the engine brake, and he had no wheel brakes, and he just uh, somehow kept it together for the mile and a half. It took him to reach an escape ramp, and he got into it, and it tore the truck all to hell. Uh, but he lived. Standing up and talking to me 20 years later, Another thing I noticed, like when I'm driving down the road, is I noticed these these massive burnt up tires. And I I remember <laughs> I, I don't know why my parents. Oh, actually, there were there. I, we have a, I have a relative who actually drove a a, a big truck for a living, and uh, so maybe they got it from him or something. Um, but but they just basically told me that these that tires just sort of burn out. You know, tires just sort yeah. of burn out and fall off as you're driving. Generally that happens in the summertime under heavy loads. And I've had, I've had that happen a couple times. Um, just the way the tire is constructed kind of works against itself. Um, because you have the, the carcass, the, the casing, you know, the structural part of the tire, and then the tread is applied as a separate layer on top of that. And every, you know, every so many units, they get one that just doesn't have the best bond in between those two. And what will happen is that under pressure and heat, the casing and the tread start to work themselves apart. Eventually, uh, eventually the tread separates from the tire, and every once in a while, like I had a blowout. Oh, I had a trailer tire blowout maybe two years ago. Um, no reason I could determine. I hadn't run over anything. My tires were properly inflated. It just decided to die. Um, you know, and it just sometimes happens. Is there a huge bang, or and then you? Oh like... yeah, 
yeah, when a blowout happens, it is really loud. It's gunshot loud. Um, it's, uh, and it's sudden. It's, it's very alarming. Um, you know, because you can't pick where this happens. You generally don't have any warning that it's about to happen. So, um, you know, you hear this full bang and you look in your rearview mirror and you see that you're shedding chunks of tire. <laughs> That's <laughs> disconcerting, probably. Do you travel alone generally or do you travel with a partner? I'm solo. Um, and uh, team driving, uh, which is what driving with a partner is called, it's kind of an interesting subset because due to, I don't know if you want to call it a loophole or just uh, whether it's designed in, but the DOT regulations concerning hours of service, uh, two drivers can keep the truck rolling indefinitely. Um, the truck never really has to stop except for fuel. Um, I, uh, I, I tried it. I didn't like it. Um, it's really hard to sleep in one of these things. It's hard to get good rest. And, uh, it takes, it takes two very special people to be able to live together inside a box that's eight foot by eight foot by seven foot tall. You know, uh, you can, you can get on each other's nerves in a quick hurry. As we say, you're a loner, you're out there, you're, you're probably, you know, listening to music or, or radio shows or, or, I don't know, courses on tape or, or something. Yeah. yeah, I do. I'm, uh, I'm uh, working my way through Rosetta Stone French, and uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Podcasts, I think, and, and books on tape have taken the place of uh, AM radio uh, for a lot of long-haul guys. But, um, yeah, you know, keeping myself entertained, it's a way to keep that monkey in the back of my brain from breaking shit, you know? Um, when I'm listening to a podcast or a book or an audio book, for whatever reason, it you would think that it's it's a distraction, and maybe it is, but it's the right kind of distraction. I find that I'm a smoother, more focused driver, uh, which is uh, maybe paradoxical, but it also works. When I was in high school, my friend's dad decided to drive us from Saskatchewan, uh, Canada, all the way over to Montreal, Canada, without sleeping once. And one thing I noticed was that around when we reached um, northern Wisconsin and it was like 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning, um, I, I got this weird feeling that I, almost like I was, uh, everything was so quiet and I was so out of every day that it, I almost felt like I was on another planet, like all time kind of got lost and I just felt like I was just uh, uh, like almost like an alien to the world. It would be very easy to just retreat into myself and uh, live in the truck and not talk to anybody. Um, and that's just not good for me. So I, I make an effort to get out, talk to people, um, you know, really try and live in the moment, experience the moment. On the other hand, some of the most magical moments I've had behind the wheel have been late at night, um, just north of the town of Susanville. I turned off my headlamp and I looked up at the stars and you talk about you know, that feeling of being able to reach out and touch and the, the night was so dark and the stars were so bright, so still. It was just, I, I, I'm, I'm an articulate guy and I can't describe it. It was just beautiful. I uh, went into the truck and wrapped up in a sleeping bag and uh, lay down at the stairs for a couple hours and it was really nice, really nice. 
I only had this uh, sleep to sleep deprived uh, situation, you know, where my friend's father was like, you got to stay awake. You got to like point out to me if you see any deer on the side of the road. So, you know, in case we run into the deer. There's a stretch of I-84 through uh, the Blue Mountains. And if I, every single time it seems like I go through there at dusk, I just about plow into a herd of elk. Um, it's probably the same herd. And, uh, you know, they, they, I hit the horn, the air horn, and they just stand there like monks on morphine, completely unconcerned with the death bearing down on them. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like you guys, you can stop on a dime. That That's a big thing I see on the road when I'm driving. I'll, I'll notice uh, people will decide to squeeze into the space between the car in front of them and the, and the, you know, the big rig behind them. And, oh, don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> and then you've got, I, 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 I can just imagine the look of just annoyance and terror on the, on the person behind, especially because it gets very icy here in Montreal. And, it, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, the guy's probably like, how am I going to stop? You know, do, do I have any other lanes I can go into? Like, what's this person going to force me to do? Yeah. You know, if you're clipping along it, well, I, I can weigh, I think, I forget what the, what it is exactly. Eighty thousand pounds, so thirty five thousand kilo, moving at you know a hundred kilometers an hour, one hundred and twenty kilometers an hour. That is a lot of energy to ask your brakes to convert into heat in in a short time. You, you know, you need the space. Are there any uh, funky uh, myths or stories out there regarding ghosts or aliens or I don't know weirdos on the side of the road <laughs> well if you listen to the driver's talk most of it is uh most of the conversation you hear is how the government's monitoring us all um but uh you know I don't know there's a stretch of uh there's a stretch of highway 10 in Wisconsin that Everybody knows about it, and it just gives everybody kind of a little little bit of a spooky feeling. But the history of Wisconsin is just soaked in blood anyway. I saw what I thought was a low-flying UFO going through Oklahoma uh, one spring night, and it turned out it was the front end of a truck that went through a swarm of fireflies. Over the past few years, I mean, I, I guess it's been about five years now, uh, as a trucker, I mean, have you learned anything? Have you come to any realization about, I guess, broad terms, reality or life or humans? Um, yeah, I have. Um, I've learned that the U.S. isn't one cohesive culture. It's a whole bunch of little different subcultures, and uh, that it's helpful to think of residents of, say, rural Tennessee as being uh, from a different country. Um, I've learned that people are basically kind, uh, that um, people are basically good people. Um, you do run into the occasional just grump, but basically people are all okay. Great. Thanks for being on the phone with me here. Hey, no problem. Sean, you keep the shiny side up. the show. I hope you liked it and learned a bit about what it's like to be a long-haul trucker in the USA. 
Thanks so much to JR for taking time out of his drive to talk with me all the way from a truck stop lot in Aurora, Nebraska. You may have noticed this episode was a bit short. Well, the original tape was over an hour long and we were plagued with multiple drop-offs and distortions, uh, the sort of thing you'd expect when you've got audio going through a cell phone from the middle of nowhere into Skype and through my old tired computer. So I had to slice and cut it up and splice and drop parts and just get rid of things that don't make sense because of what's missing already. So I hope what's left was still entertaining for you. Special thanks go to the Palominos from San Diego. The track used at the beginning of this episode is called 18 Wheels, and I'll play it in its entirety at the very end, so stay tuned for that. They are super kind for letting me use this track in my show. You can catch up with them over at thepalominos.bandcamp.com. The awesome Alexander Perlman gave me permission to play the great Lot Lizard movie preview. Check it out over at www.lotlizardthemovie.com. Of course, you can find links to all this in the show notes over at shareaslicepodcast.com or in your favorite podcast player. I'll also include links to the highway traffic soundscape at the beginning along with the tire blowout video towards the middle of the show. As always, the intro and outro music is done by Chromatics Music, and that's used with permission. Please feel free to contact me on Twitter or Facebook. That's at Slices Podcast, or you can just do a search for Share a Slice with Sean podcast over at Facebook. I'm always looking for feedback, whether that be positive or negative, to help me improve the show. And now... Let's go ahead and listen to 18 Wheels from the Palominos. I got 18 wheels, an empty bottle of beer. I've been driving all night, my eyes are dry too. Well, since the sweet minute, don't let me alone, this road rig. In my home, I got 18 wheels. Been driving these roads for what seemed all my life. Drug stops, taillights, I occupied my nights. Well, the sweet little better buys into my life. Boots, three kids, a dog, and a wife. Eighteen wheels, an empty bottle of beer. Really looking like my trucking days had come to an end. I had a mortgage bill and PTA meeting to attend. Without looking her eyes, I told her something was wrong Another mile and she'd be gone Eighteen wheels and an empty bottle of beer Coming back again Eighteen wheels and an empty bottle of beer The more to the story I think you all can tell If you see a little bit of don't know what you're trying to 
winky, you better roll. Eighteen weeks, empty bottle of beer. Eighteen weeks, an empty bottle of beer. Eighteen weeks, an empty bottle of beer. 